Welcome to Thrive Deeper, an ongoing conversation with Dr. Matthew Jacoby, author of the Thrive Bible Reading Guides, teaching pastor and leader of the Psalmist Band Sons of Korah. Join us as we go deeper into the Bible, discussing the passages as we read them together with Thrive. Now here's your host, DJ Payne. Welcome to episode 31 of Thrive Deeper. It is 2019 and we are so glad to be in a new year and to have you joining us. We left off 2018 by uh, starting the book of Nehemiah and we're going to continue today. Matthew and I sit down and I want you to grab that Bible, open it up to Nehemiah chapter 3 and be ready to go through the next few chapters of Nehemiah with us as we unfold what God is doing to the Jewish people, with the Jewish people, through Nehemiah and history around it. I love this book so much, and I know that you're going to get a lot out of this week's episode. So join us now and make sure you stick around at the end. I'll be back to let you know some more information at the end. But right now, let's get stuck into it. The book of Nehemiah with Thrive Deeper. Thank you so much for tuning in. Twenty nineteen, <laughs> yeah, twenty nineteen. It is, isn't it? It is already. Now, do you say twenty nineteen? It's the future, isn't that, it? I, I, as, as someone who was born in the seventies and used yeah. to watch toward two thousand and then beyond yeah. two thousand yeah, as a that's child, right. twenty nineteen. I'm like, where's Buck Rogers? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. what's yeah. going on? Um, now, twenty nineteen. Yeah. Two thousand nineteen. Which way do you say? Let's start, with uh, the, let's start with the big issues. Oh, yeah. Uh, 2019, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we're finally... I've always hated people saying 2000, 2001. Two, yeah, yeah. I, I always think they should have been saying 20. We're yeah, in 2001, yeah. 20, okay, no, yeah, 2010 yeah. and all that but type of stuff. People are catching up with you. No, no. I think finally now that we're saying 19... Yeah. 20 sounds right next oh, yeah, to 19. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. 2019 sounds yeah, like yeah. people are liking the sound And then 2020 is going to go off. Who's going to say 2020? Yeah. What, yeah. what, you know? <laughs> That's right. There's, there, there's the hot issues taken care of Good. right at the beginning. Um, now, we're kicking off 2019 with the book of Nehemiah. Mm. We are uh, just a little way into it. We finished off uh, the end of last year with uh, an introduction into Nehemiah, got his basic story, you know, the cupbearer mm-hmm. in uh, working in the capital of yeah. the biggest superpower, yeah. one yeah. of the biggest superpowers the world has ever seen. Yeah, the Persian Empire. And when we read, something that uh, my boys pointed out to me, that when we read Cupbearer, mm. we sort of, in our modern way of thinking, we think of a waiter with a, yeah, like yeah. A, with right. a serviette type of like a napkin yeah. over his arm coming yeah. in. But historically, mm. Cupbearer meant like incredibly close, an incredibly powerful yeah, position. Yeah, that's right. And you've got to keep in mind that the king, you know, like kings in those days, uh, they kept everyone, like a cupbearer is one of the closest mm. in proximity to the king, but also one of the highest ranks in relation mm. to the king. But he still had to serve the king his drinks. Yeah. So it gives you a sense that the king was way up there, yeah. you know, in the stratosphere and, and everyone was in the lowly. Uh, with their feet on on, on the earth, um, uh, and things like the 
those immediate officials, they would all be eunuchs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that it would, because a eunuch could not become a king, so yes. that they couldn't um, vie for the royal position. Couldn't sire any children. Couldn't have an yeah. affair with anybody else yeah, in the court. Right. All I that mean, this is like what a uh, what megalomania. Yeah. you know, to have surround yourselves by eunuchs who serve you. Your, I mean, that's this is this is your top officials in the land. Yeah, yeah, you can serve me my drinks. Yeah. <laughs> But he, but uh, but there was all on the on that's the negative side of the situation. Yeah, that's the negative side. Yeah, yeah. On the flip side, on the positive side of the situation, he Nehemiah had the ear of the king and queen. Oh yeah, totally. He he was a confident to them. He yeah. they sought advice from him. Yeah, yeah. All those type of things. So we. That's right. So all of those things aside. Yeah. It's still a high position. Exactly. And it's still a position of enormous influence. Uh, and. Um, and Nehemiah is able to utilize that. This is a classic example of God having one of his people in the right place at the right time. Mm. It's an example of God blessing his people in their exile, mm. um, just like Daniel. So we find Nehemiah in this uh, exalted position. We talked about Mordecai um, in the exile as well, being exalted to a high position. I went looking for it. The idea popped in my head. I thought, so, so Nehemiah is back you know, he didn't. He didn't leave with the rest of the gang in the first yeah. thing. He's he's serving yeah. in here. He's working, yeah. working in the in the big bad city. You know, type yeah, thing. yeah. How did he get into that position as a Jew, a devout Jew? Yeah. How did he get into that position? I wonder what fa- the family dynamics. And I was sort of went looking on a bit of the history of that. Couldn't find anything. Like it was just like we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, he just has got this position. You know. Yeah, and and I think we're just drawn to see that. Well, this has happened before. It happened to Daniel, and we do know Daniel's story, and it yeah. happened to Mordecai, and we do know Mordecai's story. Yeah. And so we assume it's something like that. You know, yeah. it's God's providence. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and God's blessing. Yeah, or, we, or whether it's the Babylonian uh, governmental system that looks for the youngest and brightest, no matter where they're from. Yeah. And Daniel's got this great reputation. Like the Jews have got a good reputation yeah, yeah. amongst this kingdom. Yeah. And so when they see him, they go, you'll do. In you yeah, come, you yeah. know, as a young man, he's probably. groomed into that area. Yeah, probably. So anyway, so we cut to the chase. He is um, through some family dynamics yeah. and um, relatives and stuff coming back and forth from Jerusalem. He hears the, the, the situation yeah. of what's going on yeah. uh, under, under mm. uh, you know, Zerubbabel, under Ezra, all this type of stuff. And so he... As, as downcast and prayerfully says to the king and queen, you know, through a circumstance, this is what he wants to do. He wants to take a contingency mm. back to Jerusalem to build the walls. Yeah, that's right. Ar- ar- around Jerusalem. Now, question to kick off. Yeah. We've been inundated with with uh, prophecies from, let's see, from Zechariah, from Jeremiah, that God's kingdom, the new Jerusalem that th- that they've been prophesying about, this Jerusalem to yeah. come, will not have any walls, and that all yeah. people will, from all over the world will yeah. come and be part of it. Yeah. Didn't Nehemiah believe that? That's a good. Uh, that's a good question. Um, uh, there's there's that uh, that statement in uh, in the in the book of Ezra where they're building the temple and normally you would build walls first, uh, but they build the temple first. And uh, there's a statement to the effect that God will be a wall around us. Um, so uh, there certainly, that certainly evokes that tradition. But I think, I think Nehemiah could well have taken that as a statement of um, 
like not necessarily a literal statement that it's literally going to have no walls, but as this is like a city without walls. It's a city um, that almost doesn't need walls because God is protecting her. But also the more important point is that, you know, it's it's a city that is going to uh, attract the nations. It's not a, re- a city that's going to repel. I think this is the point in those prophecies. It's yeah. not a city that repels people, but a city that draws people in. So by saying it's a city without walls, uh, the, you know, it's like we have that expression, you know, uh, uh, I can't think of an example now. But, <laughs> but, uh, well, it's a metaphorical. Yeah, yeah. Metaphorical. Yeah, be, being a, you know, uh, well, uh, I think there's a book called A Church Without Walls. Yeah. Uh, yes. Now, well, I bet you that church, <laughs> the, you know, the, the building. The, yeah, I bet you the pastor that wrote, I bet you his, that wrote that book, I bet you his church has, has have walls. So it's that kind of thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I don't, and I do that to be facetious because we do. We it feels like this this time of history. This is our final glimpse into the Jewish, um, the biblical history of the Jews yeah. before we have this, you know, period of silence, and then we finally get Jesus on the scene. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so we have this Zerubbabel, Ezra, um, you know, Nehemiah part of the story as Jerusalem is sort of starts again. Yeah. And it just feels to me like it's disappointment after disappointment yeah. after disappointment with yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, we have great victories and these beautiful moments of, of you know, in or in each of the stories from from Zerubbabel, Ezra, yeah. and Nehemiah, yeah. and beautiful insights into the people. But the hope and everything that was going to be the next, yeah. you know, the people are going to be different, and we're going to have yeah. hearts of flesh instead of hearts of stone, yeah. and. Everything it's we we we're gonna get there, but we sort of we don't get there yet. Yeah, that's right. We don't get there yet, and that's important because this is. And in fact, it's really interesting. Uh, and we'll get to this in the next episode. Yeah. The total anticlimactic point oh. at which the book of Nehemiah ends, oh. and and you think what? Because this is actually the last bit of Old Testament history. The book of Nehemiah is the last bit of Old Testament history yeah. Yeah. that we have. So it records the last thing, really, the end, and and it's it's a complete anticlimax. Yeah. But that's that's part of the point, uh, really. Um, I mean, it's wonderful because the walls get built. I'm giving away the story here. The walls yeah. do get built, um, but uh, you know, th- then it ends, and we'll get to that in the next yeah. episode. It ends on on this anticlimactic note, but that opens the way for an anticipation of something yet to come, yeah. and of course. That's the most important thing That's because exactly. the best thing is yet to come yeah. uh, 400 years uh, after this uh, mm-hmm. with the coming of Christ. So, I mean, the key thing, the key issue with, with the building of the walls for Nehemiah is that he sees that, you know, this is the state of the city. This is Jerusalem. This is a city that's meant to reflect the glory of God and 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 it's it's it, the city is in ruin. So so ruined walls mean, to, mean a ruined city. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not so much. It's actually not about oh, quickly. We need walls because we'll defend ourselves. Mm. No. Uh, it's it's actually that the motivation here is we need to rebuild this city because uh, this is it's a ruin at the moment, and um, we need to um, re-establish this as as, the, as God's and, dwelling and place. One thing I took away from reading it again um, in preparation for, for, to record these episodes is. He he goes. Nehemiah goes into such detail about the people. Yeah, he's a he's obviously yeah. he thinks 
as a as a you know, like a court recorder, yeah. as as like a government official. He's recording yeah. people. He's making notes on everybody. He yeah. knows yeah. who's doing what. Yeah. He's very efficient like that. Oh, yeah. But he's he's recording all these things, and it's like, oh, it's not so much about. It is about the walls. Yeah. But it's about the people coming together as a nation. Yeah. And 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 doing something. You know, under one banner yeah. type of thing. I, I felt, I felt that again. It was really about the people coming yeah, together. Yeah, that that's a good point, and and I mean that's good because it brings us to chapter three, yeah. which is the the list of who does what, and of course, of course, the building of the wall says something. It, it's like if we at you know we at church we left our garden to. Uh, you know, grow with weeds and, and people drove and it's like, what is this? Like in the middle of the summer, it's like yeah. it's covered in weeds. And, yeah, yeah. you know, what would that say mm. uh, about, you know, about our priorities and, and our value? Uh, um, so the, the, the city being in ruins is a similar sort of thing. But what, what it turns, it turns out that actually the rebuilding becomes a marvelous way of sort of galvanizing uh, the people. Mm. Um, so that list in chapter three of the who does what, um, uh, these people go, beside these people beside these people. I mean, it's an amazing uh, feat of leadership on Nehemiah's part Amaz- uh, to bring these people together uh, from outlying areas as well. I mean, they're coming in from different towns yep. and they are shoulder to shoulder uh, building you know, at work on this building project. This is a magnificent um, uh, feat of leadership, a, a, but it's a magnificent display of unity. So as you say, this is really this, interestingly, uh, it's it's almost like there's this symbolism. It's not really about the wall. Yeah. It's not about what they're building. It's about who's doing it. Yeah, yeah. And that becomes the most important thing. Definitely. Uh, so because it's easy to think, oh, Nehemiah is all about building the wall. Mm-hmm. Well, actually... What it turns out that that the book of Nehemiah and under Nehemiah's leadership, what really gets built is the community. Mm. That's mm. what gets built, mm. and the wall is just the object mm. that um, that that they work on. Yeah, and it's funny if it was really about the wall, you'd have Nehemiah giving, and there's a little bit of it, like dimensions, locations, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, you know, yeah, descriptions of the wall. He, he's like he mentions it in passing, yeah, but it's like okay, now the son of Uzziah came over here and worked yeah, with yeah. this person, and these people work together. Yeah, that's right, and, that, and it's all about yeah. the people so, and how much right. they. Accomplish. It's not about what. They did. It's about who did it, and, yeah. and I think that's there's a wonderful lesson uh, in that. But it's but it's funny. Something that I, again, I love to see what is out there in modern church culture as far as commentaries go, books being written, sermons being preached, series being made about Nehemiah. Yeah, ninety percent of it. I'm, I've pulled that figure out of my yeah, out yeah. of the air. Was five tips on leadership. From yeah, Nehemiah, yeah. yeah, how to be a more effective leader from Nehemiah, uh, which, ne- which there's lots of good stuff on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's but it's funny how, and again, it made me think. Gee, are we missing a beat here with what we do with this podcast? Yeah. Because we don't get into any of those like <laughs> applications on in the bigger, you know, these great big things like that. We're very much about let's pull out the historical. Let's pull out the narrative. Let's pull out the biblical side of it, mm. and and let that apply itself historically to where we are at. 
Yeah, and and I think that's part of the point uh, of this. I mean, in the Thrive devotional, I do a lot. I do the element of application there, and and of course, you know, I I also preach, and not, not all of our listeners um, uh, would would know this, but uh, at our church, we use uh, One Hope Baptist Church. We use the um, just been renamed One Hope Baptist yep. Church. We yep. use the Thrive. As a church, we work through that, and I actually follow that plan yes. and preach to that, which uh, is fantastic as well. Yeah, so you know, I do a lot of the application there. Um, this is really about the beho- really digging in deeper, you know, yes. I- into the into the text and mm. understanding the text. And when it comes to the Nehemiah, it is uh, yes, Nehemiah's leadership comes to the fore there uh, as as a big as a theme in this. Uh, although Nehemiah is very careful, if you will notice, uh, to give credit to God for what happens. All the time. Or at every point. Every point. Uh, he's not saying, uh, didn't I do a great job? Although he's saying, remember me, Lord, for, for, the, things that I've, for the things that I've done. And that's a theme. That, yeah, that, yeah. that phrase is a theme yeah. throughout the whole book. Finish, the whole book finishes off with that. Yeah. Remember me for what I've done. Yeah. Because it sounds like... As a leader, not that he's doubting himself, but he's like frustrated <laughs> with where the people are at. Yeah, you know. And I, I, I think if he, if Nehemiah, and one day we will see him again. Yeah. But I think if Nehemiah was here and looking at all the books that were based on his life, yeah. he would be like, "Are you seriously taking away <laughs> like the leadership thing? You know, wouldn't it be how to be a great leader? You're just constantly going back to God, yeah. going, help me, help me, yeah. help me.'" Well, well, there there is a prayer in that, you know. There's a prayer of remember what I've done and don't let it all go to waste. Yeah. Um, he's not just saying God reward me for. It. No. It's actually remember, remember this, uh, remember what I've done. Don't let it go to waste. And I read it. There's one a commentary that I read that pointed out at the end that in, in a in a very important sense Nehemiah's prayer was answered quite remarkably because the Jewish people are completely redef- like this this really redefines Judaism and and I mean that you know there are there are still problems there and when we get to the first century there are problems there but um he, he really does re-establish these people to the point where when you when we get to the period uh uh you know sort of one six one seventy when uh a Greek emperor wants to outlaw Judaism. They are th- th- there is an amazing like sense of resistance to that, an amazing faithfulness to the mm. law, and a and a ama- like there's you know this uprising and and the, this faith that is evident in that period, which is known as the period of the Maccabees, which we'll actually talk about uh, in an in, in an upcoming episode. We'll talk about those events. But it goes to show, actually, the, the, the remarkable events in the period of the Maccabees, which is from sort of 170 through to about one, uh, well, from that point on, actually, because they win, the Maccabees win for 100 years, an independent um, Jewish state that's la- pr- pretty much as big or if not larger than that of Solomon, right? Mm. And um, and so... Uh, This kind of goes back to Nehemiah and the things that Nehemiah established at this stage really set set them up for for their, their future. So God answered his prayers remarkably. 
moving into let's move into mm. chapter four. We're running out of time here. Yeah. Uh, chapter four, we we get our conflict. You know, yeah. back. Uh, the enemies are back. Of, of course, they're building a wall, which is that's an alarm an alarm bell. Yeah. Oh, because you know, so for Nehemiah, because they don't get the motivation. For Nehemiah, building the wall is about this city displaying the glory of God. It's not about protection, but of course. The, the neighbours look at that and they think they're fortifying the city. They're mm. fortifying the city. Now, the king knows that it's about, uh, because the king has heard from Nehemiah himself. Yes. But these neighbours... Um, Sandballad and the gang. Yeah. Like, they're, they're kind of in charge of this district, right? Mm. But this looks like uh, we're, get, we're losing our grip here. Mm, mm. Uh, we're going to lose our grip on these people. Um, so, um, and... And they've got connections in the city as well um, uh, through, you know, intermarriage and other. I mean, they've really got some, uh, and they're going to utilise some of those connections. So the first thing that they do is that they, you know, they mock this. Uh, uh, what are those feeble Jews doing? It says in chapter four, verse two. What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifice? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble? Burn as they are. So. Um, uh, they they're mocking uh, this, and and Nehemiah, one you know in a wonderful way Nehemiah responds with a prayer. Yeah, it's a classic imprecatory or yeah, imprecatory yeah, yeah. prayer. Yeah. Like if you see all of those kind of prayers in the Psalms, and Nehemiah prays one right here: "Hear us, O God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back upon their own heads." That's a classic yeah. uh, imprecatory prayer, very much like does exactly the same thing. As the Psalms do, and the reason I point that out is is because this is a man that's steeped in in Scripture. This is a man that is is uh, he 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 is pat he is praying according to a, a, a pattern. Yes, that has been uh, laid down. Is it just me? Is it just me, or do I? And I, I get this picture, and especially later on, that Nehemiah is a short fuse. <laughs> He doesn't suffer fools lightly. Like and I, when I read this, I read it like he's praying it through gritted teeth. He's like, you know, you know, he's really, I really feeling it. Yeah. Well, well, at one point when he discovers that people had started intermarrying again, he literally fights, pulls them. out their hair. He beats, he says he beats them. <laughs> yeah, he beats he like them. Full and gets into a yeah, fistfight, yeah. pulls out their hair, and like you know, he's I I don't. Yeah, so I, it's not to be tried. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But anyway, yeah. Um, I, I wonder whether the books on leadership. <laughs> <that bit. laughs> um, so okay, so we we move on there. That you know, he's praying. The wall is 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 uh, you know slowly taking place. Yeah, well, this. slowly taking place. They build it to half its height. And um, and that's mentioned in in verse six. And like uh, at this stage, well, I shouldn't actually say slowly. That's, no, it's yeah, it's, 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 it's actually go, it's actually going quite fast. It's quickly. It's it's it happens quick. Um, but by this stage, um, you know, the people have worked really hard. They're getting a little worn out. I mean, this is where things get mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. really get tested. Uh, you know, enthusiasm is is, is waning uh, a little bit. Um, these guys, the the enemies now, um, they draw up around the city. In a sense, what happens is like a, a barricade, like a union barricade to a, to a work site. Yeah, you know, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. So they're not they're not against the Jewish people because the, the the Jews are living in lots of different towns, but they're kind of barricading the the, the work site. So they're encouraging people to go home rather than build. This is kind of behind the scenes yes. uh, a little bit, sort of reading between the lines. Mm. Um, 
but they and they but they've you know they've come up fr- from all sides too because remember we talked about the different uh, the uh, the different uh, Sanballat, Tobiah, and the Arabs, you know, the Ammonites, people of Ashdod. I mean, they are surrounded, in effect, by their enemies who are drawing up, mm. barricading this site, saying, we're going to attack you any time. You know, it's, mm. this is like a battle of attrition. They're wanting yeah. to... Playing chicken with each yeah, other. Yeah, they're playing chicken, yeah. yeah. And um, uh, this is... Uh, they're just wanting to wear them down. Mm. They, they don't do a... See... They don't outrightly attack because they can't really do that. That's um, because they do have permission to do this. Nehemiah does have permission. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so as I says, it, it, it's it's a process of trying to gradually wear them down. So now, so Nehemiah, I mean, this is part part of the reason for the speed is that Nehemiah knows that he's only got so long. You know what I mean? They need to do this quickly because otherwise they are going to get. Uh, worn down, mm. so so they form this kind of barricade, um, and uh, and they're discouraging people from joining. They're encouraging people to leave. They're spreading rumors inside the city mm-hmm. that a surprise attack was planned. Mm-hmm. They're wanting to unsettle the workers, and it's so, working, and it works, and yeah. and people are people are getting unsettled. But this is again where Nehemiah, as the sort of godly leader, and in this sense, absolutely, 100%. he is. You know, he is um, uh, portrayed here as the sort of the quintessential godly leader, doing the sorts of things that godly leaders did all through Scripture. And so, um, uh, verse. Uh, let me see, verse fourteen. Uh, so he does all the practical things. Verse 13, therefore I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall, exposed places. You know, he does all the practical things. Verse 14, after I looked these things over, I stood up and I said to the nobles and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome mm. and fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your homes. Mm. Um, and uh, And then... You know, they they keep working. That kind of bolsters yeah. the uh, the people, and so he, he, they went back he, to their work. So Nehemiah gets them together. He gives them an incredible pep talk, but not only a pep talk. He goes, "I've got a plan of action as well." That's right. Yeah. We're going to put people here. like he spreads them out. We've got trumpeters there. You know, we're very spread yeah. out. If the trumpeters are the alarm system, basically yeah. the, the the social media yeah, yeah. of the day, you yeah. know, type of thing. If you hear a if you hear the trumpet blowing from there, we all run to there. Yeah, that's you right. You know, if yeah. we hear it going from there, we run to there. Yeah. We work here. Everyone's got a sword on their belt. Yeah, you know, like we're working way. Yeah. Get ready to end at any moment. So they're prepared and they just go for it. Yeah. The last half of this building is yeah. is full on. Yeah, that's right. So. And and so they actually working with as it were a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. Yeah. I mean they are, um, uh, they are, they get the job done. Yeah, which is remarkable. Uh, in 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 a short time, like fifty uh, fifty two days. I fifty two. Yeah, yeah, fifty two days. Yeah, yeah, fifty two days. They get this job done, which is incredible. It's an incredible feat. Now, now, practically, do we know dimensions of the wall that was built? Like, when are we? Is it a fence? Is it a humongous wall around the city? Is you know what did they actually make? Um, well, I've I've seen a section of um, I've seen a section of the old wall yeah. of Jerusalem, mm. uh, a section of the wall uh, that was originally built by Hezekiah. And let me think. It was about um, uh, what is this? It's about three meter, uh, three four meters thick. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
So the wall Probably is four that meters, thick. Yeah. And how how tall? Uh, well, I didn't see how tall it was because oh. it was a ruin. But <laughs> but, but, but taller than taller than a man, taller than taller than oh, six foot. Oh, absolutely. Like, oh, like, you'd be uh, yeah. It, it it'd be easily um, like ten. You know, ten foot high. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I like um, even more like yeah. Three meters, like three no, meters. No, I, I would go even twenty feet. Like, oh wow, this is a big wall we're, wow. we're talking about here. So, um, it, it underscores the fact that this is a pretty amazing uh, effort. Yeah. Not now, not all of the wall would have been torn down. It, it, yes, it, it, there no, still would have been repairing sections. It. They're repairing. Yeah, it. so it was a repair of the wall. Yes, but there would have been big, significantly big gaps in it. Yeah, uh, still amazing, and they get this. Um, they get this job done now because, if as you can imagine, because people have come from the country into the city to build the walls, mm. uh, and they've been working on this for uh, nearly a couple of months. Um, things at home, back at home, uh, are getting a little hard, uh, a little pressed. As we move into chapter five, you get a big time. Oh. You, you, you get a sense uh, of this yeah. because most men are now busy wall building. Yes. Um, and you know, but there's there's business at home. I mean, the, and, ap- and apparently there's a famine that has been going on as well in the region. You know, yeah, we read so, at the beginning so, of so, five. Um, so it's uh, does it say that there's a famine? Yeah, um, in chapter in verse that? three, others said to Nehemiah, "We have mortgaged our fields, we've our vineyards, our homes." Oh, to during get the famine, food. yeah, that's right. During yes, the famine. So, so things are hard. There's still uh, taxes that they've got to pay because yes. remember they're under Persian, yep. under the Persians, and the Persians are still exacting uh, taxes from the land. Yep. Um, so they're struggling to keep up with this now. As a result, um, people are selling. Uh, well, uh, people are having to borrow money. Yes. The last thing that they want to do is sell their land mm-hmm. uh, because once you sell your land, it's you, so. So actually, in some cases, not only do they mortgage, they mortgage uh, their their land, uh, they, they borrow money, uh, and in some cases, to pay it off, they even sell. They're even driven to sell their children into slavery. Uh, into slavery. Yeah. Um, th- now, the the idea, you know, you think, well, why wouldn't they sell their land? Why wouldn't you sell your land before your children? Well, the idea is that. When they recover, they can redeem their their children because remember, Israelite slaves could always be yeah. uh, redeemed. And this is this is not. Uh, to correct me if I'm wrong here, but that's still bad. I should say. Yeah, it's yeah. still it's still yeah. a bad situation. Just correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, reading chapter five, uh, have I got it right that? This is all happening within the Israelite people. This is happening within the Israelite people. So they're that's not right. selling their kids into slavery like into Babylon that's right. or this into is to other- each other. And the, the problem is here is that they're borrowing money and there, there are people who are, who are like the, the bigger landowners. Yes. Are the taking, rich are getting richer. Yeah, the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. Thank yeah. you. So, yeah. And this, this is a problem. Now, now this is, uh, comes to, uh, the, you know, they raise an outcry about this mm. and- Ne- you know, Nehemiah is shocked at this because, of course, you're not meant to charge your own people interest. Le- Leviticus um, 25 uh, says uh, from verse 35, if any of your fellow Israelites becomes poor and are unable to support themselves among you, help them as you would uh, a foreigner or a stranger so that they can continue to live among you. Do not take interest or any profit from them, but fear your God so that uh, they may continue to live among you. You must not lend them money at interest or sell them food at a profit. 
So, uh, and, and again, Deuteronomy 23 says, do not charge a fellow Israelite interest, whether on money or food or anything else. So the idea here is that don't exploit people by charging them uh, excessive interest. Um, and this has been happening. Um, and Nehemiah calls this. Now, the interesting thing here mm. is that, see, Nehemiah himself is a land, he's, he's from a wealthy mm. Family, he, he he owns land as well, and he, I mean, talk, talk about leadership. He says, "You know what? I'm part of this too." Uh, right. He candidly admits that he and his family, his personal followers, have also been involved uh, in this. Hmm. Um, verse, we see that in verse ten. Yeah, verse ten. I and my brothers and my men are also lending the people money and grain. But let us stop charging interest, right? Yeah. So uh, now I think um, Nehemiah, uh, like his, he, I think his own lending would have been on different terms, and and yes. uh, but he's prepared to say, like I think he would have done that yeah, fairly because oh, he's, yes. he's a man of the law. But he's saying, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm including myself in this. Fantastic. This is principle. not him pointing the finger at these people saying you're not. No, he's actually. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna forfeit this. Uh, the, you know, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna forfeit this as well. So, yeah. um, it's it's that Daniel principle of yeah. of when Daniel prays to God and says, "Forgive us." Yeah, that's right. And Ezra, of course, as Ezra well. Says it the says, same "Forgive thing. us." Yes. Here, this goes to another level because yeah. he's actually taking blame on himself as yeah. well and saying, "Come on, guys, let's." Um, uh, let's write this wrong. I, I love. I love before that when uh, you know when he really he blows up in front of all the nobles. Yeah. You know he really goes yeah. over the top. And he yeah. love, I love that in uh, I think it's in verse eight there. And they had nothing to say in their defence. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's totally silence. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then after they are quiet, he realizes he has them. And then he goes, "Okay, I'm involved in this as well." Here's my. And then he lays out a plan again. Yeah. He's got a plan. Yeah. And they said. And they're all together. Hooray! Well, yeah. let's again, again, he brings the people together. Yeah. And his personal leadership, his personal ability to say, I'm involved in this too, and I'm going to be the first one uh, to, to write this can, wrong. Can I, can I, can we, can I, um, uh, I mean, I know we don't wear robes anymore. <laughs> you know, we don't, we've lost, we have no fashion like they had back then. They had beautiful yeah. robes. But this idea in verse 13 where he's where to make yeah. the promise and to show the sign and everything like yeah. that, I shook out the folds of my robe and said, if we break a promise, may yeah. God shake you like this from us. Yeah. I'm like, can we can we bring back a little bit of that grandiose, you know, promise yeah. keeping and stuff like that to well, each other? Well, they, they make an oath together. So, so he, you know... Nehemiah doesn't leave any room for postponement or for second thoughts. You know, make sure the promises uh, are upgraded into oaths, you know, yeah. properly sworn in the presence of the priests, mind yes, you. Yes, yes. Um, and then he – and then even not content with that, and that, this is when he performs this um, – uh, it's kind of a visual aid. Yes. It's like a um, – you know, where he shakes out his robes and, and he says, what, what does he say? He says, in this way, may God shake out of the house and possessions anyone who does not keep his promise. Now, actually, we see this happening in the New Testament. Uh, so uh, Acts 18 uh, verse 5 um, says this, says, when Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. But when they opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes yeah. in protest and said to them, your blood be on your own heads, I am innocent from now and I'll go to the Gentiles. In fact, even Jesus, when he says um, 
to his disciples, if anyone uh, in in Matthew ten fourteen it says this, if anyone will not welcome you or listen yeah. to your words, leave that home or, or town and shake the dust off your feet. Yeah, you know. So this is this is a customary way I, of, I love of expressing. It. Why do we you know, do something? more of that? Yeah, like <laughs> today, if we have an argument with someone or we've got something, I am symbolically doing this. I mean, you would probably we need to get into it. some robes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the finishing off, uh, finishing off chapter five here yeah. uh, with Nehemiah and the, and the officials. We then get the last half of this uh, chapter here, where Nehemiah yeah. sort of looks back and says, "Look, actually, let me tell you what happens for the next twelve years when I was governor of Judah. This is what we accomplished, and this is what we did. Yeah. And my servants did. We didn't do. We we fulfilled all the promises that we yeah, did, yeah. basically. Yeah, that's um, right. And and he." Again, um, because of the the difficulties uh, at the time, he, as a governor, he has a right to extract a certain amount of resources yes. from the towns and from the people, mm-hmm. uh, not only for his own use, but because he's, uh, um, you know, he has to put on receptions and and you know, yeah. like. Diplomats and people work coming in. Well, we see to in the verse, town in and verse, he has to entertain them. In, in verse seventeen, I regularly fed one hundred and fifty yeah. Jewish officials at my table, besides all the visitors from other lands that were coming. Yeah, yeah in. that's right. So, so he has a, he has a certain right to extract uh, um, f- food and so forth, provisions for that. But he doesn't he doesn't make use of this of this privilege. So, uh, so he says, neither I nor my brothers ate the food allotted to the governor. Um, you know, he's he's paying his own way largely, a yeah. little bit like you know Paul and his tent making. Yes, uh, he's doing the same thing yeah. because let it not be said that I put any imposed any extra burden on yeah. you. And, and, and he the, goes to the nth degree to make sure that he yeah. didn't. And 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 we know, as you already stated, the resources for him to be able to do that. And he lists what he had to yeah, feed yeah. them. I had to get an ox and this many yeah, sheep yeah, and yeah. everything else. Yeah. That would have been coming out of his own yeah. family's resources. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, because yeah. he would, he came, like, as he said, he came from a family wealth. Listen. Nor, nor, by the way, he said, nor did I acquire any land. I mean, this is a, yes. a, a verse that you could uh, – could easily be a throwaway verse, but the land that he refers to is that which governors accumulated from people's failure to pay taxes. Yes, you see. Yeah. Uh, so he's like a governor could acquire, acquire that, and, and he, yeah. he won't do that. You've defaulted on this. I'm going to take your land back. All that type of yeah. stuff. And we finish off chapter five, you know, with with him really revealing his heart. You yeah. know about what he's done, and then we have that refrain. We again at the end of chapter five, remember me, oh my God, yeah. all that I've done for these people, and yeah. bless me for it. Yeah, that's you right. know that little little prayer there. Hey, listen, we we uh, we've run out of time. We we want to get into the next couple couple of chapters. I reckon we do that on the next episode. Yeah. Um, and uh, as as we go through Nehemiah again, or as you've been going through this center part of Nehemiah, Matt, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, you're a leader, as you've mentioned, at, yeah. at One Hope. And yeah. um, you know, and your your official um, <laughs> title that sits on your on your on the on the office door, not that it really does, but <laughs> you know, on the office door, you know, Matt Jacoby, uh, you know, teaching pastor yeah. over the One Hope campuses. Mm, mm. When you read Nehemiah and his, you know, leadership skills and what he does there for the people, what have you taken away? You know, you know, mm. especially in your in your uh, pastoral role, you know, mm. as a teaching pastor. There is there something that has spoken to you this through through this this time? Yeah, that that 
that section about Nehemiah, actually this section that we've just talked about, the way that he he doesn't separate himself from the people. He, he's not uh, he's not saying I've got it all together, uh, but he he's willing to recognize in the presence of the people his own failures and uh, and to lead out by example. And I just found that really. I just found that really challenging, you know, that there's, he, he embodies the truth, you know, he embodies these principles. And, and in chapter five, this is what Nehemiah does. He embodies these principles. He embodies the spirit of the law. And, um, and this is not just something for me. This is for us all. I mean, we're to embody the truth and radiate the truth. And this is what Nehemiah does. And this is what I want to do however I can. There you have it, the first episode of 2019, episode 31 in the can. We are pretty much halfway through the book of Nehemiah and uh, can't wait till next week when we dive on in and finish it out. Uh, You're going to have to wait until then, but uh, you don't have to wait for us. You can go ahead and read it (laughs) on your own. You've got the Bible. You can go ahead and spoil it for yourself. Uh, Now, thank you so much for joining with us, sticking with us as we transition into a new year. We've got lots of great stuff planned for 2019. And to stay in front of all of it and to be up to date, you want to head over to thrivetoday.net.au. That's thrivetoday.net.au. Right there, you'll find all the ways to connect with us on social media and be able to send us a question as well. Until next week. This has been DJ Payne for Thrive Deeper. We'll see you then. Thank you so much for listening to Thrive Deeper. We value all our listening community. If you are on Facebook, search and like Thrive Today page to get all of our latest updates. Our home on the internet is at thrivetoday.net.au. There you can subscribe to the Thrive Daily Reading Guide and contact us directly. That's at thrivetoday.net.au. Until next time, thrive. Thrive.